Okay, hold on. You know, I really want to start, but like, why do flies bother me so much? I'm just in here minding my own. They're attracted to she. I'm. Or, or people who are the shit. I see what you're trying to do there. You know, hey, strike hey, your mind. We got to make it past the first several minutes. Strike your mind. Strike your mind. Hence right. why I didn't curse. I said, Pshing. Yeah. We got yeah. to see. He couldn't go two minutes. Yeah, I can't. Okay. Um, okay. I'm, I'm going to try not to cuss this time, though. I'm, I'm going to try to clean it up because I realized I couldn't share the show with my mama. So I'm, I'm going to try to be, be a little cleaner. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Yeah, we're going to have to cut all this extra shit out because. This damn flies don't get on my nerves. Um, please, please hold. Um, I'll be right back. Y'all talk, talk about myself. Yeah, I, I'm about to edit while we're while we're doing it. Then. So while y'all on my whole AC Central AC, but you get some fly traps, my brother. How about that? Oh wow, that? I love it. I don't think Nick heard it though. That would have been funny to get some fly traps. That's okay. We recorded it. <laughs> you like, Just close your mouth, then the flies won't be attracted. Oh, <laughs> you say his breath smell like food. That's not nice. <laughs> That's not let me, nice. Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. That man can toss salads wherever he likes. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> Free, of, <laughs> Free of consequence. <laughs> Salad lovers need love too. Damn it! That's my next book. Salad lovers need love too. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! Oh, this is so. This ain't right. We not. We not right. Come on. We got yeah, I'm gonna, it my subtopic is it's a tongue in cheek look at love. Wow, we gonna get this together. Okay, you like that? I know. Got a like, gift, you know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because you are you're an author, and I wrote a book ten years ago. I never published, so between the two of us, we should be able to work it out. I was ready to say you're still an author. You're just an unpublished author. Folks get that confused. An unpublished author is like, I don't know, man. It's like mm -hmm. an artist. Ain't nobody seen your paintings. Are you really artist? You are just like a tree in the forest, still a tree, regardless of it in the forest. Yeah, but if it falls, it don't make a sound. That is also true. Oh, so um, Nick looks like he's back. You take care yeah. of that fly. Oh, I killed, yo. I don't know if it's just me, but I give pleasure out of killing flies when they invade my space. You know what I'm saying? Like it's almost mm -hmm. a euphemism for I'm just minding my business. Then here this fly comes invading my space, not respecting my boundaries, and then yeah, I got to swat the shit out of it, and yeah. I get joy out of doing so. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wish the mic was on because I killed the shit out of it. I'd be jumping off the top of the chair like Jackie Chan with the shit, like so I can, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's my it's my second favorite thing to do. You know what? My family would say the same thing. Man, I, I'll be in the middle of, of a family gathering and there's flies. I get the swatter. I'm just walking around, knocking them out, knocking them out. <laughs> you know, like I got Terminator. the little kids doing it. Yeah, I'm like a terminate, man. My little five-year-old grand grandson's doing it now. He's okay, over there. Okay. Flies. Okay, I gotta tell you a quick story and then we can start, right? So uh, my wife enjoys uh, killing flies as well, right? And one day she thought she would get my son into it as well, right? Because it's a little fly swatter, right? All right, and all right, all right. So I think he took one swing at it and and that was it. After that, she tried to give it back to him and he felt uncomfortable, you know? It was like, <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> what did the fly do? I need background. Like, yeah, not, not even that. Not even that. But like, I just realized in that moment while she was telling me the story. And obviously, I love her. She's a great mom. But like, you're teaching our son to kill so early. You know what I'm saying? Like, in his mind, like, can he separate the difference between it's just a fly and you're arming me to kill it? You know what I'm saying? Like, shit that just makes you go, hmm. He said, know? all lives matter, even fly life. I mean, you know what I'm saying, right? SML, like, I don't know. It just, it just, you know, but I enjoy killing them and I want him to come to his own conclusion 
in regards to him enjoying killing flies. I don't want him to feel like that. But at least it's not biased. At least you don't have a set outcome in mind. That's your old chart, young man. (laughs) (laughs) Who are killing the flies? I don't care how you get there. Just get there. I'm just saying, yo. Let's go ahead and get this party started. All right, all right. right, One, two, one, two. All right, man. You know what? Hold on, hold on. One of my favorite things to do is watch this one. Um, I go with the overlay. I'm gonna go with the overlay. Yo, welcome to the Black Lives Chatter podcast. We're about to get started as soon as I play this amazing intro to the show. I got my good sis, SM Jones, in the building. I got my good brother, Just J, in the building. You already know what it is. Y'all ready to get this party started, man? Let's talk of about course. it. Of course. I right, get it. Yeah, intro. You already know what up, what up, what up. The BLC pot in the building was happening. What's good, y'all? Not much, just chilling. It's all good, man. The intro fire like Dylan. Dylan, 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 Dylan. Yeah, is this your other personality come out again? It was like five dollars in there. It was like I realized. (laughs) I was trying to name the five hottest rappers. Five hottest rappers. No, I uh, I realized that my personalities are all one person because we all have the same religion. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you can't have multiple personalities and they all got the same God. That's just ridiculous. So I'm saying. So if you're out there and you have multiple personalities and they different religions, I respect that. You know what I'm saying? All you people would skip you know, five different Catholics. I think you just pulled together. I'm not a psychiatrist, so please don't just follow my advice. Okay, so anyway, what are we talking about? Yes, we're introducing <laughs> ourselves. So apparently, Jay has multiple personalities. Okay. And he advocates that, you know, for people with multiple personalities and different religions to seek help. I think that's where Jay went with it. Um, no, I know. People, people with multiple personalities should seek different religions. You know what I'm saying? And one more tip. So it's they okay can to- conflict with each other? So they can all so they can all find like like the, the the truth within them, right? Because it's okay to talk to yourself, all right, people. I'm hearing you, mental health folks, the purple hearts, y'all. I'm talking to you right now. It's okay to talk to yourself, and it's okay to answer yourself. It's I agree with okay. that. Actually, I agree yeah. with that. It's not okay to argue with yourself, though. Get that shit together. Okay. Yeah. That's why I'm, they shouldn't yeah. have different spiritual beliefs because they're yeah. definitely going to argue with each other. No, they won't. Unless um, like. You know, we frustrated Nick already. You don't see yeah. his face. I mean, I don't even know how we. I, I mean, you know, <laughs> how we got into advocating for multiple personalities with different religions. I don't know how. That's how we. We're on our way to the top with this type Two of. Two weeks ago, right furries. We hit like, all the Where else are you going to get this multiple personality content? You know what I'm saying? Nowhere else. That's where. You know. Yes, it was good. We're going to call that ultra ego. Look, I'm just going to say the ultra egos are present, apparently. And call it a day. All is well with me. You know, just excited about the podcast. Um, Especially excited about the chatter around several hot topics that we got going on this past week and whatnot. So can't wait to jump into those. Yeah. Same here, man. 
I mean, we'll yeah. just get right into it, right? I mean, Jay was talking about the whole DJ Envy and Tyrese situation. So let's just jump right into it then. Why don't we? So, yo, uh, it's funny thing about the DJ Envy and Tyrese thing, right? Because I see both sides, right? As, as a, I'm not a marriage counselor. I, I don't believe in doing marriage counseling. I have worked with a number of marriage, married couples uh, and couples that aren't married, you know what I'm saying? Trying to work out their relationship and get them to communicate better. Um, but, um, I'm really more of a marriage consultant, right? But in that role, I do hear things from the female that are disparaging about the male, right? Um, I, I hear, I, she, in order for us to get to the heart of it, she got to present the male in the truest form, right? His good and his bad and vice versa. And sometimes as a person who's dealing with a couple, you can internalize that, Right. And maybe you can bring it. Maybe maybe he might have brought it back on later on because like he was helping him through a tough time. Right. And they appreciated that he kept them together. But some things that likely some things that he found out in that thing, he felt, felt like it was an opening, I guess, how she felt. Ultimately, you got to protect your relationship. So if she felt uncomfortable, she did the right thing. It don't matter if what he did was proper or improper. If she felt uncomfortable, protect your marriage, sis. Do the right thing. You know, get some some space. Don't let don't allow somebody who once was a help to be a hindrance. So I think she moved right. Uh, so just out of curiosity, and just for my own clarification, during your marriage counseling, did you reach out and touch someone? Did during you my- actively solicit the wife? No, Allegedly. no, 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 never that, never that. And, and I do my marriage consulting over the uh, over the digital sphere, so we do video and Zoom. I ain't touching nobody, you know what I mean. Now I am, uh, you know, what I'm going to talk to my wife by opening up a uh, sex therapist aspect of my uh, practice. You know what I'm talking about, and uh, just to help people out, you know what I mean. Let, teach some techniques, you know, I'm getting loosened up, you know. But um, that's to come, and I haven't done that yet. So yeah, that's where it is. Why y'all looking at me like that? Well, no, I thought I, I thought Ethan was starting a conversation. I thought well, no. the conversation. So I just, I just, I'm over here choking and shit. I don't know if it's choking from what you just said or you know. Guys, I was actually just coughing, so I was like, "Hey, what's going on? Is this BS that he's about to feed me? Why am I choking over here?" Mm. But now I agree with you. Protect your marriage. Protect your marriage. You know what I mean? Now I feel bad for Tyrese. He's getting drugged a little bit. But that's the problem when you communicate with people. Unless he got receipts where everything he was saying was up and on up and up, then you know it's he said, she said, and you got to kind of go with what she said. What you <laughs> think, Nick? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just looking at SNL. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I'm breaking fourth wall right here. For this, but, um, um, yeah, I had to blow my nose unless y'all wanted to see that on camera. Did y'all want to see that on camera? <laughs> Yo, um, no. no. I thought about it. I was protecting you guys. Uh, no, we we are, this is episode three, y'all. You did what yeah, I'm saying. Man. This is a work in progress, but we haven't worked out the nose going to... schedule. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I don't even know what triggered it. That's why I was just like, "Good lord, what's happening?" First, I'm coughing now. My nose running. Mm. What is going on? Okay. Um, I guess I just want to be like Jay from earlier. You know, I needed some time too. I'm just kidding, okay, Jay. Okay, okay. And Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Stay out of nowhere. Like, Nick, please, please bring it back. Please bring it back, Nick. Move the show forward. I don't yes, really understand why SNL wants to live here. Um, sometimes girls good to just get in and get out. You know what I'm saying? It's just pat, you know. Um, <laughs> as far as DJ Emmy and Tyrese, man, um, I don't know, man. It's kind of weird. I mean, Tyrese saying that he didn't holler at old girl like that. 
that he ain't been nothing but a friend. He doesn't act out of character in that way. Um, and, you know, he probably deserves some level of consideration that he did step in. They both credit him for helping to save their marriage. Um, you know, obviously, DJ Envy put himself in that situation by being caught up with Erica Mena in the first place. So it's just all, I don't know, man. It just kind of triggers all kinds of mistakes. I think that the best thing is if you can avoid making these type of mistakes in the first place, then you won't need a Tyree to come in to save your marriage and then possibly try to holler at your wife on the back channel. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. here at the end of the day. Like, and I mean, I can see how it looked like he was trying to holler at her, but, you know, hey, man. You know, you just got to move, you know what I mean, accordingly. But I'm good with that. I want to really talk about the whole Jenny Ma and the, the Jeezy situation, to be honest, right? Because, matter of fact, before I even get into it, I'm going to go ahead and play this clip. No, no, I'm, I'm away. That's like my little Trump card right there. So anyways, I'm sure everybody's heard Jeezy and Jenny Ma are basically going through like a whole potential divorce situation. Jeezy went ahead and filed or whatever, which is interesting because it's a man filing. Um, a lot of conversations around women. <clears throat> Who typically filed, but this time it was the brother Jesus. They got the prenup in the situation, you know what I'm saying? And so he's ready to check the deuces or whatever. But then a lot of people felt some type of way, like, for real, oh my God, no, I really wanted them to work out or whatever. And then some people are like, for real, I didn't even see this working out in the first place. So, what are y'all thoughts? Um, before I play this clip, what are y'all thoughts in terms of the whole Jenny Ma and the, the uh, Jeezy divorce situation? So, to be honest, right, I don't, I, I want to give them shout outs first. Because they really managed to keep a lot of the dynamics of their relationship under wraps and private between us, right? Which is one of the things that, who was it? Uh, Ice, was it Ice Cube? I forget. Somebody had been married for like 21 years. And they asked me, yo, how, what's the secret? He's like, yo, keep your situation private. Like your relationships between y'all, right? So I respect that. I respect that right now, nobody really knows. Nobody knows like what the reasoning was. Um I hear Nick's got some kind of look in his face, y'all. If you're not watching, you should be watching. But uh, yeah, like I think he might know something. But nobody knew, right? So all we know is they're splitting up. They seem happy together. Frankly, I feel like, you know, if it ain't working, you should try to work on it some more. Um, but if there's some fundamental things and only the couple would know what those were, then you got to walk away. I believe in marriage. I believe that marriage is fighting through everything that you possibly can. I also believe there's some things you can't fight through. Maybe that's what they had. So I'll just say that I agree with um, Jess for the most part that technically, but let, technically I didn't see this marriage lasting. I felt that there may have been fundamental differences from the start. And I was actually shocked that those two got married. And so I'm just going to leave it at that. One, I was shocked. Two, I'm not surprised there's some fundamental differences that has led to these, um, to this, what was it called? Irreconcilable um marriage and yeah. okay and i'm just congratulates on the prenup so um <laughs> i think he's hoping that it holds up in court because apparently there might be some contesting taking place so i'm just i was fascinated thought it was interesting and at the same time i didn't care so nick <laughs> yeah so i mean listen um hmm. So this clip came up. I'm going to play this clip real quick. It came up, and I think it said a lot or whatever. So I'm just have to clip do the clip topping for itself. Hold on one second. You dated black guys. Loved black guys. Yeah. yeah. I did. I did. But for me, dark meat on the side, white keeps me mean and lean. You know, that's why I, I married white man. That's what I like. Hold up. What do you mean, dark meat I, on the side? Because she likes white I am no, going I'm not. Much. I'm saying, like, I like, I really do think 
black men are attractive. I do. Like, that's my... Well, what do you mean, dark meat on the side? That means, honey. That's... I... You know what that means. Wait, what are you reading it as? I know about... How did you say it? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I when, like, when I think about men, I like <laughs> dark men. I do. I right, like... you'd like your main man to be white and the, your side no, piece no, 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 Yes, that is what she meant. Actually, that is what she meant. And <clears throat> the reason why I thought it was important to play that clip is because, listen, man, it's all about love. You know, what's for me may not be for everybody else, but when people go the other culture route, there is always like that back gnawing, like, is this person fetishizing me? Like, can they really tap into who I am as a person? Is there going to be some cultural barriers? Things of that nature, right? Like, just those type of surface concerns, I think, that you have when you date somebody outside the culture. You know what I'm saying? And so in that clip, you know, homegirl just kind of basically exposed that thinking, right? She said that, you know, Black men were for, you know, fun. And that's cool. Like, there's a lot of Black men who would love to have fun with her, right? Cool. And that, you know, when she thinks about making long-term serious considerations, you know, she looks to the white people, you know, the white man or whatever, right? So that's what she said. That's not me saying that. That's what she said in the video. And I think sometimes when people tell you who they are, you just have to believe them. Mm. And um, I think maybe um, there was, you know, some some backbiting or some backpedaling on her part in terms of trying to prove that that's not who she was. And then maybe he also saw that and was like, nah, I got to get the fuck up out of here. I'm glad I protected myself. You know what I'm saying? But let this be a lesson that, listen, love wins un until it doesn't. And that sometimes you just got to be honest <laughs> about you know who you're getting with and hopefully it works out for you you know what i'm saying but anywho uh yeah <laughs> so, i'm just gonna <laughs> you win some you dump some you lose some you know? but it's all good because i understand because sometimes when you decide to walk on the other side and get with a different race, sometimes it's how it be. And um, that reminds me, Jonathan Majors is back in the news. And now he's in the news for something that, okay, so he was already in the news for his assault, misdemeanor assault and harassment charges of his former significant other. So it so just so happened, and I'm just curious as to what you guys think, what your thoughts are on this. Um, so it just so happened on his way to court to contest or fight or plead, whatever the case may be, um, these particular misdemeanor assault and harassment charges, he so happened to come upon a girl fight. And so this was a high school girl fight. And he so happened to break it up, right? It just so happened. Yes, I'm using the word so happened often on mm. purpose. It just so happened that camera's crew was already on site to catch him getting out his car, jumping in, telling these girls, no, no need to fight. And so I'm just curious, what do y'all think about that? Was this, was this a stage play? Was he acting like yeah. what what's what's really going on? You know, you know, it's funny, man. A black man can't get no credit for doing no can't good. Win for loser. Like even when he steps in to do the right thing to stop people yes. from embarking in violence, it gotta be staged. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, come on, y'all. You know, the brothers stepped in um and you know stopped those two young girls from hurting themselves. Let's just give kudos to that. 
you know what I'm saying? Not find ways just kind of twisted to where black men can't even get credit for that. Come on, y'all. We got to do better. Uh, I'm with I'm I'm with Nick. I'm with Nick. Look, okay, so yes, it all seems very circumstantial and very um what's the word? It it, it all came together so nicely for him, right? That it does look a little bit staged. However, I don't know the camera crews are there. I just know TMC got the video. It could be one of the girls that was that was filming the video for a world star premiere, you know what I mean? That passed it on. So, you know, the fact that he took time out of his busy schedule on his way to court, right? To stop two women from fighting, right? Two women two he didn't even, yeah. that he did, he ain't not even high school girls. They weren't wearing school colors and uniforms. He saw two people They're fighting and he jumped out and he put himself at risk, okay? And he got in the middle and he said, hey, don't fight, okay? I'm not right. It's what he did, right? Now, just like that, too. Just like that. The facts of the case, if there were a case in this position, in this situation, were are he saw a fight, he got in the middle of the fight, he broke it up. Okay. Well, black men fight. don't protect women, huh? We don't protect yeah. women. You know, right? Which one do you want? Which one do you want? But go we ahead, get man. drug either way. The brother was doing the right thing. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, revisiting our earlier show. Uh, episode two, I believe we talked about, you know, black men should just jump in because they see a black woman in distress. That's a situation where I think a black man can say, should safely uh, jump in and intervene. Two black women. Okay. Yo, sisters, sis, y'all got to stop. Right. Two black high school girls. I need we to, I need us to stop calling them women mostly because we already adult size our children. So oh, let's wow. make sure we keep it as, first let's make sure wow. we keep it as high school girls. Oh, wow. First off, was he supposed to card them? I'm saying you do that. Before those. he broke the fight up? Wow. Was he supposed to card them? Was he supposed to go, yo, yo, y'all keep fighting, but I need to see some ID. You know what I mean? You know what they mean? were maybe. on a high school campus. So maybe he was R. Kelly. He was talking about the perception. Wow, the R. He was Kelly. talking about the perception. Did you just hear what Jay said? He said maybe he was Art Kelly. Yeah, then then get out and card him immediately. It seemed like they were ready. But listen, this is what I'm trying to say. How did you? Wow, this is only episode three. Uh, we, but go ahead, SNM. I'm, I'm hey, sorry. Hey, look, all I'm saying is that. Um, I just, it was just so happened that all these things happened in a timely manner right before he was on his way to court. Right and place, so right time. A lot of folks was like, hey, this looks suspect. Is he smiling it? AKA, you know who I'm talking about. What's his name? Smollett? Yeah, <laughs> Smollett. Yeah, yeah. yeah, was this a Smollett That's opportunity? A That's a new PR. <laughs> <laughs> or what was it? You know what I'm saying? And then, People as a matter of fact, folks was clowning his PR staff. It was like, yo, if this was PR stunt, this was the worst thing you could have done. But regardless of the case, I just thought yeah. it was interesting that he was being clowned, um, mostly not just for stopping the fight, but for his attire as well. You know, and so I won't go into what some folks were saying, but y'all should definitely look this up. And um, Jay, I actually thought you was going to throw on your busboy cap, too, to in honor of it. First <laughs> off, first off, hold on. Don't don't play. Don't because I in, in honor. Of, yes. And I stand in solidarity with Jonathan Majors breaking up fights. OK, there it is. Yeah. I had it on wow. hand. If somebody. Kept, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We're capping. No caps, but with the caps. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> uh, okay. And wow. we land there. 
I don't even know what else to say about that. But the use of props made me think about how Dion got everybody buying these blender glasses. He's been on the news or whatever, obviously doing a lot of shows in preparation for his game that happened on uh, Saturday morning or excuse me, Saturday evening. But yeah, they I think they sold like 1.2 mil. So shout out to you, Jay. Maybe you can get the same hat deal. Anybody who wants to sponsor Jay's hat right there or whatever. Yeah, holler at him or whatever. But yeah, man, so Dion, bro, like it's been crazy these past couple of weeks. I mean, Dion is like the hottest thing in college football right now, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I think he played his, played his third game against rival Colorado State. The coach from Colorado State was talking that yin-yang, walla-walla, bing-bang. I'll be honest, I didn't know he was black at first, but then it turns out he is black. I mean, it does make a difference in terms of how you talk shit and who you talk shit to or whatever, but he was saying something about how when he talks to people or whatever, he takes his glasses off and his hats off or whatever. Um, you know, making a subtle jab towards Dion, and I mean, I get it. Some people move that like that, but that was a big talk. His team was motivated. They took things personally. That game was crazy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But even before the game, you had Tunchi. Lil Wayne was out there. The Rock was out there. First take was out there. Um, Deion Sanders, the Deion Sanders effect, the primetime effect has been crazy yeah. in Colorado. I, I heard that like tickets were like $413, excuse me, $413 plus for like tickets to go to the game. Right? Like this is Colorado. This is a team that was like one and eleven like last year, and now he got them three and zero. So, just real quick though, like, what do you guys think about the, just the hype? Right? I mean, it's just Colorado State, or is there more to it than that? I mean, first, I think you got to understand it was a rivalry game, so they had been playing. These teams have been playing each other for a long time, right? A lot of bad blood in between. Matter of fact, they had to separate the players before the game even started, right? So it was like like real heated. But over and above, over and above that, you know, I think that. The idea, the, what the coach said was an attack to try to attempt to get Dion off his game and shift his focus, kind of make it more about Dion. Dion's done a good job about making it about the team as much as possible. Um, and so I think this was an attempt to kind of shift the focus from that. I will say this, though. I'm excited about what he's doing, right? I'm up at like nine-something last night just waiting for the game to come on. My homeboy's over here. He's excited about the game. He complaining because they ain't switched over yet from the Texas game. I mean, he was he's fired up. It went to double overtime. It was a good game. You know what I mean? So I like what Dion is doing for black coaches all across the country. I like what he's doing for, for college sports. You know what I mean? He got people up late at night watching the game. It, it had no bowl, um, no bowl uh, contention uh, implications or whatever, right? But we still stayed up, and it was still a good game. So hat, shots out, shouts out, hats off to both coaches, but particularly Dion. Keep doing it, bro. Keep doing it. So I got to agree with you. I think that Primetime, a.k.a. AKA Deion Sanders, is doing what Serena and Venice did for tennis, what Tiger Woods did for golf, and Deion is doing it for the college football. Not saying that college football wasn't already exciting, but he's elevated to another level. I will say that there was also conversations that was being had about how he's the only coach that ever came out to rap music, I guess. Um Little Wayne might have busted, um, dropped a rhyme, a rap. I don't know. Um, I actually didn't see the beginning of the game, so I couldn't tell you. But I say kudos to him. Let him be what the trendsetter that he is and has always been. So kudos to him, trendsetter. Yeah, 1,000%. Shout out to Florida State real quick for uh, squeaking by that game. You know what I'm saying? We're still in the national championship picture. But anyways, s &M, last thing, man. What's up with this whole Dove boycott thing before we get back into the hot, to the main course, if you will? 
So it's actually interesting that we were talking about the culture because um, so apparently we now have a lot of folks. We won't say a lot of folks. You'll be able to tell once I use keywords such as Black Lives Matter activists, um, <laughs> who's a spokesperson for Dove now. Right. And so um, apparently there is a new campaign by the MAGA, I almost said maggots, but I had to be proper. It's the MAGA group who, and the right, the far right, whatever's clever, who's now having this issue about, hey, we need to boycott Dove because Dove is supporting this racist, i.e. this racist being their new spokesperson who is an activist in the Black Lives Matter. Uh, <clears throat> And then it's part of their love who you self, love yourself campaign and love who you are in your skin. So she's uh, relatively on the plump delicious side. And um, that also seemed to be something that's upsetting them. And to be honest, I don't know if it's because of the whole obesity part of it and embracing your body or if it's because she was a Black Lives Matter activist or... And by the name, her name is Zana Bryant, just in case you were curious who is, who's the new person who's promoting. And I'm going to use quotation marks, not my words, fat liberation, not my words once again. And oh so the, so it's the words. So apparently because it's the love the skin you in and she's trying to get uh, she's trying to portray um I guess what's it what is it called the body positivity even if you're a plus size girl or plus size woman. And um, so the right has stated that she's promoting fatness, racism, as well as, and oh, let me get to the root of that cause real quick. So a while ago, there was a white girl who, or white woman, who has said, supposedly said that black people are only good for speed bumps um, when, it was, when she was talking about protesting. And so she called her out on this. And this girl had to write an apology letter and then she was allowed to graduate from her college after she wrote an apology letter, apparently. And so they're like, oh, you ruined this white woman's life. But her life wasn't ruined. She just had to write an apology letter, supposedly. But anyways, the point is boycott Dove. What do you guys think about this? Um, should people boycott Dove? Is there any credit to this or any credence to what's been said about this woman? Or is just another so-called cancel culture that's taking place from the people who actually say they hate the cancel culture. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> um, I'm going to wash my hands of this entire situation. Um, if people want to, <laughs> to boycott them, fuck it, I don't use their products anyway. Um, and <laughs> if people, <laughs> I just, I was tired, boss. I was, I was tired. Over the, over some of this outrage stuff, I don't, I don't really care. If you want to boycott a product, then just don't, just do it. Um, I wanted to find a way to make fun of big people, but that's just inappropriate at this point. So I'm just going. To... All right. Well, I'll take. There will be no fat phobia encouragement on this, please. Oh, okay. So I, I, before Plus Nick starts size. insulting fat people, I'll say. Um, you know, jokes, first off, it's just jokes. He's just jokes and you know, big jokes. Anyway, so uh, I personally have had issue with Dove for a while. Um, they did um, they did an ad. I think it was Dove. Uh, so I can't even say it now because now I'm like wondering what's Dove. But anyway, so uh, as far as the the maggot people, 
Look, they're gonna have to protest over something. Right now, their their main candidate's indicted. He's you know looking at possible jail time. They're, they're in disarray, so they need to focus on something. This is what they gotta get worked up over. Whatever, fine. Um, I think in the body positivity era that we're in, she makes a good choice. I think that um, people that we have um, in in limelight uh, in in the in the in the media don't necessarily have to be uh, politically a not to be apolitical. Like it's okay to have a political stance. In fact, you know, a lot of times uh, some things probably would be better if people would speak out from from whatever platform they have. So I ain't mad at that either. You know, um, I think it's a non-story. I think they're just making it a thing. And then they're complaining. It's like when they started burning all the Nikes or whatever from Kanye or whoever. I mean, you'd already bought the shoe player. Burn all you want. Doesn't matter. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm not quite as disinterested as Nick, but I'm pretty close. Um, with the girl making money. Shoot. So I'm going to agree with you on all points and mostly because I actually use Dove products, especially the sensitive skin. And um, I think that what they're promoting is something that's positive. And you're right. People should use their platform to push out issues that they may have or to support issues that they may have. That's literally what politicians do themselves, use their platform. That's what entertainers do as well, use their platform. As a matter of fact, in our community, using our platform is something that gets issues like get us to notice issues um, that are prevalent in our community so i say hey i agree that someone has to always be upset about something i find it ironic that the people who hate to who's always talking about the cancel culture are quick to try to cancel something and that's just what it is but speaking of using our platforms so recently there was a on instagram social all across social media there was this comment that tyler perry made and the comment was basically encouraging women who are the breadwinners to be okay with paying the mortgage. And if the guy can pay the light bill, that's cool, right? And so this comment, this one comment prompted an entire conversation to include phone calls to me in regards to, hey, did you hear what Tyler Perry said? And it was like, okay, well, what did he say? And then it was all about how Tyler Perry is encouraging struggle love. And I found this so ironic because let's be honest, Tyler Perry bread and butter was capitalizing on the struggle of concept through most of his plays and so forth. And as a matter of fact, at one point, I actually thought he hated black men because it was always the black man did the woman dirty. But regardless, it's still struggle of at some point. And so um, these women were like, um, and even on social media, once again, they were like, Oh, he's why why black women always got to deal with struggle of why we got to get the broke Negro, why we got to get. And of course, they didn't say Negro. And please, if you're offended by the term Negro, it's because I didn't want to say the other word. Um, but anyways, why we got to get the pole, why we got to get the pookies and the Ray Rays, why we got to support that. And we're tired of struggle of we don't want struggle of we deserve better. And then I got the entire clip. And so I'm going to play the entire mm -hmm. clip. <clears throat> Because what came to me was literally just that one line where he said, da -da 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 -da, woman, you should be okay with being the breadwinner. He didn't say it that way, by the way. But you'd be okay with being the breadwinner and um, let this man do what he can with this light bill and be happy with it is how most folks interpret it. But let me go ahead and play the full clip because if you was on social media, I'm pretty sure that's the only thing you heard too. Listen, a, a lot of women, especially black women, and mm -hmm. I might get in trouble for saying this, but I will. In the 
in, in our society right now, mm -hmm. black women are making a lot more money for the most part than yeah. black men, right? There are a lot of black men who are successful, but for the most part, black women are making the money. So you, if you can find love, if that man works, you know, at whatever job mm -hmm. and is a good man and is good to you mm -hmm. and honors and honors the house and honors his wife and does what he can mm -hmm. because his his gift may not be your gift. Exactly. That is okay. Mm -hmm. That's not somebody who's beneath you. Yeah. That's somebody who came to love you at your work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? Yes. And as long as he's secure in himself to mm -hmm. know that Yep, she makes most of the money. All I can pay is the light bill. As long as she's comfortable enough to say, I'm going to cover the mortgage and all the other stuff, you pay the light bill, baby, you can take me to dinner every now and then. Mm -hmm. That is fine. Yeah. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but that's so hard for a lot of people to take in because that means, no, 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 I need somebody to, who is, <laughs> I need, I, they need to make five times more and I got to have, the, I got to have, well, you uh -huh. keep, but go on, keep, keep, go on, keep your list, baby. Yeah. God, God bless you. Hope it happens. Go on, keep your list. <laughs> but when you talk about just someone to love you and support yes. you, I, I know people who have, who whose men can't touch what they make. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when you see them together, that love, that support, that, that I got you, babe, mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. All right. So what are your thoughts on this? Let's talk about it. Um, you know, first of all, I'm just going to state the obvious. This clip has been out for a while and women just chose to hone in or some women <laughs> chose to hone in on a particular part of that conversation because they just didn't like the entire message. And they figured if we can just isolate it to one particular part, they'd have a better argument because to make mm -hmm. it about exactly what he said would just make it difficult for them to have a leg to stand on, okay? Um, so I think this concept that women seem to be adverse to is this whole struggle love thing, uh, which is why when we were talking about, I'm like, well, how can women see? I get your point that when he's talking about like paying the rent, paying the light bill, okay, but he's just using that as an example because we all know that rent mortgage will probably be significantly more than a light bill. But like if that's what he can participate in and you can still get what you need out of the relationship. So I just find it like very fascinating on how people, not just women, men do this too, but people will hear a smidgen of a thing that they don't like or they can use to interpret what they don't like about the larger thing without addressing the larger thing. You know what I'm saying? So we'll get to that point in the conversation. But do I think he's encouraging struggle love? Absolutely not. Um, because the question that I would have is if she got it, then how is it all of a sudden struggle love? Because you got it and he don't like that. I don't get it. You you just know there's no sense of struggle. <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. Why is it automatically got to be struggle love? You know what? Maybe it's because women inherently feel like they would never be able to make that kind of money. So, of course, it has to be struggle love if she's a breadwinner, right? But for women who are truly thinking about whether or not they're able to make that kind of money, they're not thinking about struggle. I think at that point, you have the luxury of the hard work that you've done to not have to struggle for shit. Now you're making a choice of desire, want, you know what I'm saying? And there's no struggle in that. So I think that's what I kind of heard from it. But Jay, what about you, man? Because So, yeah, first, Nick, I got to agree with you a hundred. Uh, I don't think this qualifies as struggle love. Um, and I think that, that really, this is like one of those carryovers from that um, social site we talked about on the other show. Um, 
I think that this kind of idea is just something. It's a talking point. It doesn't really hold. First off, we do. He's in uh, Tyler Perry is entirely right. We do live in an, in a day and age where uh, black women usually are making more than black men for various reasons. Um, it, 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 it's ridiculous for them for black women to then put these earning expectations upon black men in order for them to be eligible uh, uh, suitors, right? Like, like Tyler was saying, yo, if dude gets you, he honors you, he supports you, he gives you the love that you need, then him making more money than you is, I mean, if that's your value, that's your value. But understand, that's your value. A high-earning man is a high-earning man because he focuses on his, on his career, right? He focuses on his business. That's his focus. So if you get a high-earning man, then understand you will have to come second to his drive, which is his career. Right. That's how he got here. He supposed to stop doing that now because you here. Then you be mad. Right. If you want connection, then focus on connection. Right. And then let all the other stuff work itself out. I think people are, are they like I, th I think it's ridiculous. I think that, we, you know, SM, you're always talking about the gender wars. I think that this is one of the most insidious aspects of the gender war is to somehow get into the mind of black women. That it, that the only eligible black man for them is a black man who earns so many times more than them when the numbers just aren't there to support that. So then what you end up doing is you end up having a lot of black women who now feel that great black men are somehow unsuitable. Right. And now they dating outside of their race. They're doing other things or whatever. They're down talking black men. When you got a real good quality black man, I'll give you another example, a personal example. And, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll end my point after this. I am an educator. Okay, I teach the future presidents, doctors, everything of, of, of the world, of the United States. I say the United States because I've only taught in like about four different states. So I can clearly claim the United States, but they might go on to be world leaders. My point is this, though, as a educator with a master's degree, okay, I earn significantly less than my wife who has a bachelor's degree, right? Does that mean I can't hold down the house or lead or, or, or plot out our future or, 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 or uh, effectively budget the money that's coming in so, the, so we're all winning? Look around. Of course not, right? So, uh, you know, black women, you do this at your own peril. You call that struggle love because the dude ain't making more money than you. But y'all are only going to be struggling if you don't know how to use the money you got. Bam. That's why I feel on that. Now, I, so I don't think he's encouraging struggle love. I think women programmed to hear it that way. And I think you ought to deprogram yourselves because right now you're on the track to be lonely and miserable. So uh, huh? with the whole and miserable piece. Um, so I will agree that um, for social media purposes and to keep the gender war going, it, they literally just took that portion where he talked about the mortgage and the, um, and the light bill. But I think part of that is because in general, we while black women may make more in certain, in certain circumstances and are increasingly making more money, actually facts indicate otherwise. It actually states that black men, when they work, um, still continually make more than black women, right? It's just uh, depending on the field that they're in and so forth. But what I wanted to mention was the whole, I think the whole hearing just the mortgage and they immediately, if you think about the average income in the U.S., particularly in some of the southern states and whatnot, 
and how much you can potentially make like 60,000, 40,000, um, 75,000, whatever the case, I'm going to go with 60,000 because that seems to be almost the average um, in the South for, and that's a high average. <laughs> but anyways, um, and so these women are looking at it, well, maybe I'm only making $60,000 and I got to pay the mortgage and all he bring is the light bill. And that's all they heard was because that's probably what they seen was struggle love. And then that's what's always promoted was struggle love. But in this case, that wasn't the story that Tyler Perry was going with. Tyler Perry was saying that this woman is clearly the breadwinner. And as the breadwinner, she can afford to look for these other qualities in this in these men that she's interested in because she is the breadwinner. So there was no struggle, but to stroke the whole gender war, it was like, oh, let's talk about gender roles. Let's talk about masculine and feminine roles and how if we were the breadwinner, but that's a, I'm jumping a little bit. That's ahead. a real conversation so though. That's a real, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so real quick, that's, the, that's a real conversation and we're going to get right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right into that. But I got to say this though, that some women, hear me clearly ladies out there, um, some of y'all are going to have to go through struggle love. Like your life is already a struggle. You know what I'm saying? Even without a man. And so somehow you magically think that because a man comes into your life, you're not supposed to struggle anymore. Like it's some hot type of magical man fairy who's going to land <laughs> because fairy. you put your struggles underneath your pillow <laughs> that night. It doesn't work that way. Sarcasm, you're, you're already <laughs> struggling. Your life is a struggle, girl. You know what I'm saying? Your best bet is to find somebody Some love. who is willing to get into the muck and struggle with your struggle ass and work towards a solution. This idea that because he's not well put together, if your ass is not well put together, is asinine. Because why would his well put together ass want to be with your not well put together ass, right? So the, the truth is some of y'all are already in struggle land. And most of your neighbors are also strugglers. And the likelihood is you're going to marry somebody in proximity. So get over the struggle part. But but for the rest of us who are not struggling on our own, then yes, you can have higher standards and not want to be about struggle love. But that's not what that's what Tyler Perry was talking about, right? He was just talking about the fact that you might have a woman in a great position. You know, and who is doing well. But I think if we're going to be honest, right, to transition to us, and then we're talking about there is a such thing, though, like there are some men who probably are not able to deal with the idea of their women making more money than them. Because just like those women, those men are programmed to feel like their worth and their value is based off of like how much they bring home, right? And I think we got to be honest about that. And I also think that there are some women who will weaponize that especially when it comes around to like expectations, you know what I'm saying? How it shows up in the home, right? The gender roles that SNM was talking about. So I think that's a worthy conversation in terms of, I mean, do we think we are evolved, like, you know, by and large as men and women in our culture to have relationships where the wife is the breadwinner and the man is not, and for both people to navigate that in a successful way? Like, is that something that y'all think is... Uh, I mean, I'm not saying possible, but like commonplace, or do you think it's just a matter of it being the right people who can kind of come together and make that happen? 
So I'm going to just say that I think that we have an issue in our culture when we talk about breadwinners and gender roles. Like we already have what's considered a traditional gender role, aka the traditional gender role is the male is the breadwinner, right? And I think that as part of that, we also have, so some women, another reason why they won't necessarily look at being the breadwinner and they seek to find men who make more than them, even if they are the breadwinner or have the potential to be the breadwinner, is because a lot of times Black women are considered masculine for going out there and getting the bacon, right? And coming home and expecting their significant to cook it, or they may come home and cook it, but they're still considered masculine. And I think that there's a struggle in our community when it comes to why are we identifying somebody or a trait such as having a job and um, being the breadwinner as a masculine trait versus an adult trait? And until we can start, ha until more people have that concept that this is just simple adulting and it just so happened that it's so the woman is making more than the man in some cases, then we're not going to be able to move forward because we're too entrenched in what so-called gender roles are when it comes to the breadwinner aspect. I want to jump into something you said, right? Because you said the woman's bringing home the bacon, right? Because this this gender role thing of the man being the the big money winner really comes back to, is a throwback to earlier mm -hmm. uh, levels of civilization where men actually had to go out and hunt and bring back the food because the man was naturally, uh, his body was built to be stronger and contain more muscle than fat, right? Then he was uh, the one that went out and killed and did the hunting and whatever and brought the food back. So if we're living in a, in a, in a hunter-gatherer society or a hunter society, right, mm -hmm. we're nomadic, we're moving around, then yeah, that gender role holds. But we're talking about money, right? Money's not the same as bringing in, like, as going out and killing something and bringing it back to the family. And you don't really get to dictate outside of what your chosen major is. You don't really get to dictate the money you make. The money you make is is directly dependent on the offer that you get from of employment from wherever you apply. So there's someone else who's always dictating your worth if you're not an entrepreneur, right? So now for black women to begin judging a black man's worth, his, his, his worth as a person, his worth as a character, his character worth, based upon what somebody else deemed his time was worth is a fallacy. Because then you're you're actually allowing somebody else to dictate which men are and which men aren't eligible based upon what they deem is right to pay that man. Right. I've applied for jobs. They said I was overqualified. So what does that mean? Right. It, it, so let me get this right. I'm applying for this job. and I'm, I'm applying for this particular salary. and I don't get it because I'm overqualified. How does that reflect in my dating circle? Right. Do I get to go on a date? And be like, yeah, girl, I'm only making 50,000 a year. But, yo. I'm overqualified for the other stuff that's higher, right? I shouldn't have to explain that. Should be a conversation. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, no, no. This, okay, so I, I hear I hear what you're saying, right? I do. I think it explains why there definitely needs to be some adaptation and some evolution. But yes. I think to say that like it's ridiculous on why people would look at it that way, that's where I have to provide the pushback, mm -hmm. right? Because. Um, people we replace because of how evolved we've become we replace like the physical savagery of man right with uh jay-z hustler being able to navigate the world being able to be yes an entrepreneur while there's a lot of things that are perceived to be 
um, in our grasp. And those of us um, who end up being more successful are more desired. That's why we live in a celebrity culture. Like they look at people who are rich and famous. There is something about money translating into masculinity or success or alpha maleism or whatever, right? So it's not that we have to physically kill and then bring home. Now it's, I have enough money to physically go out there and get anything that somebody I paid to kill for me so that I can have it at your dinner table, right? Like that, that it's just, it's just a different way that people prioritize or look at money, right? I'm not agreeing with it. It's the only thing or that it is what it is. But the truth is, there's a certain level of women are saying, especially those who are hypergamously, that they look up to men. They feel like men are superior in certain ways, which includes physical, for example, which is why the protection part comes in there. But also it includes provision in terms of financially, right? In a structure that is patriarchal, women are saying that we expect men, even though, yes, Black men, to just be better earners than we are. And I think across the board, the numbers speak to that. But in like individual pockets you may have where black women are a little bit more successful and make more money, they go to the club or in their social circles, they find themselves being amongst the more um, affluent to a certain extent. So they are sitting there complaining about how there's not guys on their level, but part of it is because despite how much money they make, they actually are in the proximity of people within their level. They're looking at it from a lens financially, and I get that. But when you talk about hypergamous, women wanting to date somebody that they feel like is that they can just submit to, et cetera, et cetera. You can't, I get the concept. I get why the scorecard is finances. I get why it's also physical and so on and so forth. I don't think that's ridiculous. I think that makes sense now, whether or not because of the societal changes that are happening within both Americans overall, and then more specifically the black culture, is there a need for adaptation and change of thinking? Absolutely. But to pretend like that's not how it's been for, from the beginning of time, low key, I think is, is very difficult for me to, to accept that. So I agree with that 100%. Um, I was going to push back on that piece as well. <laughs> and um, just to say that because of the society that we live in, these roles were already defined. And to be honest, women actually weren't the ones who defined this. And we're just it just so happened that women are now upholding it because there's no longer a need for them since the whole equality situation and women uh, making more and being and being able to have opportunities that they didn't have previously. Now it's like, oh, we have this option to uphold this. And those women are choosing to take that option to uphold this. But there's other women who are taking are cool with being the breadwinner. And at the same time, there's women who say, no, I don't want to be the breadwinner, even though I can be the breadwinner. And I think that's the niche that was targeted, right? Those women who were capable of being the breadwinner, but wasn't willing to accept somebody who may not be equal in value, so to speak. And I'm not going to say value. I'm going to say equally yoked. And um, that's, the, that's the area he was looking at. Because there's other term. breadwinners. Go ahead. Equally yoked is a bullshit coverall term for women to get on their leadership and they have to sound cool no. and religious. Equally yoked is, is a valid term. It's just different kinds of yoke. But now, where the way the just used it was bullshit. It's the term, it's the way that <laughs> it's used in generally. Equally yoked. They say they're looking these bread, and this is the, the group that I think Tyler Perry was speaking to, was the ones who were who want somebody who's either above or equally yoked. But he's saying, hey, there's other qualities that you can look for in a man if you got this covered, you know? And there's women who are 
who's good with that and they'll take that. Let's talk they'll look about, for those other qualities. Let's talk about the facts on the ground. Okay, the facts on the ground is that we are still in a day and age where we celebrate when there's a black CEO. Why do we celebrate there's a black CEO, male or female? Because it's still a rarity, right? It's because of the decision makers at the top of our corporate structure don't look like us. They're generally white males. And they have that there is a tendency now, a, a propensity after assimilation. For the for their for the the promotion to be the black women. I ain't mad to black women at all. I'm with it. I, I'm in full support of it. We uh however, I'm saying if you're looking at that right, the people who are making these decisions on who gets hired and what they get paid aren't us, and they rarely look like us. And so you're choosing a man based on what somebody else said he was worth. That's not true by itself. That's not true by itself. How is it not right, true? Okay, hold on, hold on. Because Jay, okay, okay. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example, right? Uh, so, 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 would you agree that cream rises to the top? Would you agree with that? Like, in other words, like the 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 how people navigate cream rises to the top. Yeah, like the best of the best tend to you know. And there's an like like okay, for example, okay, hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me give an example, right? So, me and Jay both pledged, right, back when we were in college, right? We pledged a fraternity. In our view, that fraternity was the top of the top. It was the best fraternity, had the coolest parties, ran, da, 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 right? It fit all the criteria, right? And as an initiative said fraternity, we recognized that we were the chosen. You know what I'm saying? We were the few. You know what I'm saying? There were many, but we were the few, right? Because there was right. something about who we were allowed us to enjoy the spoils of a certain existence because <laughs> we were exceptional in that way, right? And so, so I don't understand this. You this still, like you still have to get chosen. I don't, you yeah, still have to yeah, get yeah, chosen, no, right? No, but here, but here's the thing. But here's the thing, right? You still have to. I'm not doubting that, but that's the world that we live in. The woman also has to choose whether she wants to be with you, and any person who is making a choice of whether or not they want to associate with that person has the right to ask, okay, well, okay, even if you're in a particular field, are you at the top of your field, right? Even if you're not making as much money, like there's different metrics that people can use to draw value from. And we may advocate for those other ways, non-monetary ways to be either better or worse, but it's just one component to like how we make judgments about people. And so if we're going to be okay with making judgments about people based off of what school they went to, what organization they're a part of, what podcast they listen to, type of music they listen to, I think it's fair for people to look at like finances and still take into consideration whether or not they feel like that that person. There are just some people who want to be with people they look at as like top of the top. And I think I get that from a hypergamist and that is okay. You know what I'm saying? Based off of how they choose to look at hypergamy because money isn't the only thing. If you take that same person who's in education, but he's from a family that is like, you know, super wealthy or whatever, that's going to be taken into consideration, right? It's not solely just based off of just that individual, but it's a lot of things that we draw information from. So what's wrong with a person saying, hey, you know, this is something that I want. I think the problem be is when people are honest about the fact that that's part of their requirements. And make it seem like that's not a big deal. You dig what I'm saying? Like they can make it do what it do. But if a woman can't deal with that, or she can't say that. But no. But it's funny though, SNM, because when women say, "Hey, we can't 
you know, men are the ones who have a problem with dating us because, you know, we make so much money and, you know, they're just their insecurities. And I was thinking to myself, like, I'm sure it's probably true, but it's also probably true that some of them are looking at it from their lens and they're projecting that the reason why they're having an issue in that relationship is because they think that he is being insecure and also not being accountable for how they may come across because they too may be power tripping also because they buy into the hierarchy of, I'm not gonna let a man who makes less than me tell me what I can do. His ability and his authority is based upon how much money he brings. And so when he dares to speak up, believing that that's not upon which where his right is betrothed, if you will, right? I just, I think that might be the right word, right? right? But then he responds, oh, he's being insecure because he makes less money than me. No, bitch. He's being this way because you violated the covenants of, of what the fuck it was. What's me, mama? Oh, my bad. I'll put, I'll put, I'll put a beep on that. I but was like, Lord, well. have it. I'm, I'm speaking from that man's frustrated point of view because he's being attacked as being one thing while she's also on the front door doing something else. Let's keep it a buck. I'm saying that this particular paradigm that equates a man's worth directly to his earning potential regardless as to whatever else he's he's contributing to the community or to his family is the reason why there is that tension that it's, it's the source. It's that thought process, right? If you've got a good man and he's holding you down, he's supporting you, right? As long as he ain't bad with money, then you better get him. You better yank him up because he'll find somebody else and he'll be good to them and you'll still be alone. Well, here's the so, thing, though, right? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, like, I think in order, my 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 logic is, in order for us to solve the problem, we gotta address the problem head up, right? I think in order to address it, we have to, you know, understand that people have a perspective that money is a measuring, right? So cool, we get that. And then, what does that mean? I can understand a woman who is like working you know, middle class, barely getting by, and she doesn't want to struggle, right? So for her, she says, you know what, I'm making 60, and the man that I want to be with, I need him to at least be where I'm at so we can build. And so she might be willing to be with the man who's also making 60. Together, they come together at 110, 120, and they can move forward. I get that, right? Excuse me, because for that for that woman, she's worked really hard to get to where she's gotten to. And so another human being, another set of responsibilities, she want to at least make sure that we can keep afloat together. I get that. But if, if you're talking to, but see, that's where the whole equally yoke shit is bullshit, right? Because in a way, in that dynamic, it is, right? But then when women use it like, oh, well, I'm making 250K a year, 300K, 400K, like we're no longer struggling. That's where it becomes disingenuous, the idea that if you choose a man, who on his very own, if he's making 60, he's probably still able to technically take care of himself. It's not like he's technically adding mm -hmm. onto your bills necessarily, right? Especially like because he's making enough money that he can literally take care of himself, right? So it's not like you got your 400 and now you have to. Now, the stuff that you may want to do at your level that you're comfortable with, oh my God, how dare you would want to have to do that with the husband that you love? So instead of spending 4,000 for the trip, you got to spend 8,000 because you want to go with your boo but you're going to go ahead and be like because i had to spend an extra four thousand dollars i'm not going to be with the man of my life about the love of my life right like the, mm. the, the the logic and the thinking behind Make when you automatically equate struggle love to this idea of money but what i'm simply saying is is that i think there is still value 
And whatever a man chooses to do, that how he gives off his er, that the women still look for that. And some people use money as a scoreboard because the truth is, and in many cases, men are going to be making more money than women. Like in a majority of relationships, you know what I'm saying? I don't think it's the other way around where it's like women are making significantly more. I think most people are making around the same amount of money. The differences might be like within five to $10,000, right? So there's not like a big significant gap. And where there is a big significant gap, it's usually the man that is making significantly more money mm-hmm. than the woman is, right? And that's just the reality of it. You, you dig what I'm saying? So, you know, for the few women that this is applicable to, I think it does make sense to say, hey, sis, there's some good dudes out there. And if you're making that type of money and you don't really need him to survive and you want happiness, you want somebody to grow old with, somebody you can kind of like have jokes with and go to the movies with and hold you accountable and, and do life with, then yeah, to Jay's point, then push that money thing to a side. But there's still people who are on that shit and it is what it is. We have to acknowledge it and we just got to let them know that at the end of the day, it's at the end of the be all. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's, it's interesting that you say that because I know several women who are the breadwinners and in their relationships or in their former relationships. And one of the issues that they talked about was that um, sometimes the guy like, oh, you think you're better than me because you got this X amount of money. But on the same token, the woman will actually acknowledge that sometimes she was power tripping. So I think that you brought some valid points to this because we don't really know the dynamics in the in the in the conversation or in that particular relationship that may have led to this woman who technically could have been the breadwinner, but it didn't work out. Right. And that's why you have so many women who are at a certain level who are single or because of perception. I think that the perception is what we really need to talk about because in our community we have, we're so involved in what, and to Jay point in regards to the, the fact that the man's value was tied to his finances and while yes that should be that can be a factor to take in consideration but it's the perception that it needs to be tied to that value it's the perception that a breadwinning woman is unacceptable in our culture because she's too masculine or it's the perception of what each person supposed to bring to the table so i think that at the as part of that is we do need to have a adaptation we do need to evolve because if we don't then we're going to be left behind, right? So for our community, we already have, like, for example, the lowest marriage rates, right? That's Black men and Black women. But the good news is when Black folks marry, they do marry each other. So uh, that's great news. But we also have where we're actually about to hit this financial, supposedly by 20, I think it was 2050, the Black folks' average income would be like $7 across the nation. So when do we become let's build together? Let's work together to build this relationship. So when Nick talked about that 60000 and that 60000 now look, we got 120000 And Jay, when you talked about the financial management piece as far as making sure this person know how to handle their money, right? They understand checking, savings, balances, investments, and so forth, right? <laughs> and that's another issue in our community, the lack of financial literacy. But that's going to be another topic on another day. Another day. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about this breadwinner thing. So the question that I have, what would that look like if we end up changing the dynamics and saying, hey, it's okay for the woman to be the breadwinner. It's okay for us not to tie everything into finances. I won't say finances, but um, tie everyone's value to the money they bring into the house. It's okay. Let's talk about those non 
I won't call it tangible because I actually think qualitative stuff is tangible. But let's talk about what would that look like if people were more accepting of women being the breadwinner? I think people would focus more on character. You know what I mean? On, on and what that person's character and their and their their values bring to the relationship and the dynamic. And I think the, the people will end up with better relationships. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, maybe I'm just, you know, because I'm on my teacher's soapbox and shit, but we need more black men. Sorry, mom. We need more black men in the uh, <laughs> in, in, in the classroom, right? But we know we don't pay teachers. So what are we going to do? Do we do we then try to get black men out of the classroom so they can earn more money and get married? Or do we say, listen, I understand that what you're bringing is valuable. So go ahead and take this meager sum that you're earning because I know what you're doing for our community. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I think we really I think it will, it will only benefit us when we evolve past the point of equating a person's earnings with their worth. Then we gonna really start to look at people's character and who they are as a person. And you'll start finding coupling and relationships that are built better because they're built on what won't change based upon the economy. There. Oh, wow. Um, I don't. So the question is, is that if 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 we accept that women can also be the breadwinners, how what does that look like? Because I mean, because I mean, I mean, honestly, I don't know that it looks any different than what it looks like right now. I don't think the problem with you is that women are the breadwinners. I think the larger problem is that people don't know themselves well enough. Um, people aren't honest with themselves. People make decisions in dating and love and whatever based off of things that aren't really based off of any substance, you know, no foundation. You know, I like him. He's cute. She's cute. They smell good. We're having good sex. We have a vibe. You know what I mean? But I don't know anything about their bank accounts, their credit scores or nothing like that. And God forbid we end up getting pregnant, you know, they're trying to figure it out from that way. So I don't think, you know, it looks that much different, you know, uh, in terms of that, that whole part. I do think, however, that for women who are part of the, hey, they're lonely girls club, um, and are reaching a certain part in their lives, you know, the AKA Ebony K. Williams type of um, hype train and find themselves at the point where they have to think about artificially inseminating themselves in order to have children because they were incapable of building relationships with another human being, um, preferably wow. a man who could go. Like, wow. <laughs> I was like, this came out of left field. Like, oh my goodness. I mean, I mean it, it, it's not out of left field when you're thinking logically, right? about who this type of thing applies to. <laughs> I don't she under, was like incapable of building a relationship <laughs> with another human being. Is not that not? A, not a person, but another human I mean, being. I, mean, I, didn't, I, I didn't even finish what I was saying, right? Like, you know. Go ahead. You got not, it. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I'm saying incapable of building a relationship with another human being for the purposes of procreating and building a family and structure and community, right? There's a, there's a specific set of women. When I heard this clip from Tyler Perry, the first person I thought about was Ebony K, right? Because I thought about the whole bus um, owner statement that she made, right? It was essentially the same point that uh, Ayana was making, right? So it was easy for me to draw that conclusion in parallel. So I'm speaking specifically to those women because the truth is a majority of black women who maybe make more money than black men will still date black men who make less than them. They'll complain about it afterwards when the relationship doesn't work out. They'll call them the Pookie and the Ray Rays, but they will still let them in and still let them hit. And if the dick is good, they'll keep the party going for as long as possible. And some level of like hopeful, um, 
you know, trance that things will turn into how they want to turn into, even though he's giving her no evidence that it's actually going to turn into that. Women will sell themselves on hope automatically. It's like it comes with the manufacturing. You dig what I'm saying? Like, so, so my, it just is what it is. So the point that I'm making was that, um, Damn, I don't lost the point that I was making because it was so good. Other different like grooves that I was in, or it's because <laughs> you was moving on to the lines of <laughs> bullshit. And um, why would the, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I actually bullshit? agree with you. No, actually, I'm, I agree where you was going. I know where you was going with this. Okay, go, I ahead, go, ahead, this go ahead. No, man, look, ahead. I wanted go to finish it for you. So basically, because I was, uh, I was going to ask a question about the Pookies and Ray Rays. I was going to say that women act like they have an issue with dating somebody who's lower in financial status than them, but in reality, Pookie and Ray Rays, the um, the phrase that was coined on Clubhouse and the first time I ever heard that. But the Pookies and Ray Rays of the world is driving their car. The Pookies and Ray Rays of the world sitting on their couch playing video games, but yet mm. they still portray this image that they can't be the breadwinner. He uh, needs to bring it into the house. But they got Pookie and Ray Ray sitting oh, in the back. And so that's what I, I knew where he was going. And, and that's what I was saying too, right? These women who fit this very small sliver of the women that we're talking about, like, I think they have to tell themselves these things to feel better about themselves, right? Because the reality is the reality. And this goes back to, is that a car I just heard pass by? This is the reality of what I was saying. I know, right? This, this is the, because I, because no, in all seriousness, I think people have to tell themselves a story for them to navigate like life. We all do it, right? At the end of the day, I humbly believe that. And sometimes we're the protagonists of our own stories and sometimes we're not, right? But I think some of these women like the Ebony K. Williams of the world, they have to tell themselves a story that, oh, it didn't work out for me, not because of any well that I fell short, it's because, oh, black men have such a low level of expectation if more of them would do better, there'd be more suitors for, the, for me to choose from and therefore I would not be lonely, right? There's this whole like story that people have to tell themselves. So my, my, my point is, is that, like when we talk about like when people point the finger, they want to point it at somebody else and not just point it at themselves. If you want a family, if you want all these things, like you have to make tough choices. It's not going to all be perfect. Like none of us in this in this podcast have made a perfect choice. The husbands, the wives, the people that we dated that we're with, we did not all make perfect choices. You know what I'm saying? There's no fucking such thing. But there is a such thing as the work that you have to do to navigate doing life with somebody, the give and the take. You know what I'm saying? The give and take may be in terms of like the money piece, right? And that man has to understand where his other source of power comes from within that relationship dynamic. And they both have to be operating from that source of power. If he's operating from one source of power and she's operating from a separate source of power, it's not going to work out regardless because it can even be a money thing. If a woman doesn't even respect the fact that you are the breadwinner, he might feel some type of way. Like, how can you not respect that? Right. And for her, her source of power could be, can you put me in my place? Right. She may look at that type of emotional. Can you snarl at me and I will cower to him? That may be where her source of um, not the money. But if it's not aligned either way, whether it's money or something else, I think people are going to find themselves like that to me is where I can hear equally yoked. And I just hate when people use it to make it seem like the yoke is all about the money when it's not. I think there's a lot of the yin and the yang that goes into the yoke, so to speak. When even if you think about an egg, for example, and depending on how well you mix it, how well you get the temperature popping, you can solidify some things in the relationship, but it's not just one thing. There's a balance, is what I'm saying, between the two participants. And when I hear that, that's where I hear equally yoked, not that we make the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. I got you. You like your scrambled eggs. I got it. Yeah, and these women need to understand that, hey, yeah, 
Yeah, we'll be the X. <laughs> but so here's so with that being said, what do we think about how do we move past this conversation when we talk about the woman being the breadwinner or stop tying folks um into their financial um they're basically making it transactional, right? How can we stop tying the value of men to money? And who's responsible for tying the value of men to money? How do we move past this? I already gave you my soapbox on it. Go ahead, Nick. Now, I'm just trying to keep it short. You know, and I know this is going to be anticlimactic climactic because the whole point of us is to be able to have and talk about solutions. It should be really clear that what, what the man said very early on is easy. Judge a person person on a full spectrum. You know what I'm saying? Like value, what's important to you, first and foremost. If God is important to you, a relationship with God or whatever, he has to be a man with certain, you know, attributes and and, and personality uh, characteristics and so on and so forth. Like define that for yourself, somebody who's giving, somebody whose love language is in sync with yours. Like whatever your list is, like define it from that perspective in terms of what you want from the relationship and then work backwards from there and try to figure out a man or a woman who fits that. I think that's probably the better approach. What ends up happening, I think people automatically have these lists that other people want for them, like how much money you make, how tall you are, et cetera. And they're working off of that and not really thinking about the things that are super important in their relationship. So I think that's what I would advise people to do. But even with all that being said, I realize that people are going to do what the fuck they want to do. And I am a big proponent of that. I am a big proponent of people bumping their heads like um, repeatedly. I'm a big proponent of, uh, you know, like those those dummies in the car. You know, what, what do they call those? Those um, Crash test dummies. Crash test dummies, yeah. Uh, it seems like a lot of us want to be crash test dummies. And listen here, I am here for it. I want you to know I support you in your crash test dummy ways because you want to consistently keep on making the same mistakes and you want to be lonely and shit. Just do me a favor just cut down the, the the complaining about it to a minimum you know what i'm saying don't be on social media pointing at how black men ain't this and that and all that because some of it is you boo you know what i'm saying you made your bed now lay in it and shut the fuck up <laughs> you know what I'm wow <laughs> so just a real quick fact though uh actually most of the people who are lonely apparently are men but um not to throw this into no gender that's war, not true but <laughs> that's not a, true that's not in true in the nursing homes it's mostly old men <laughs> That's in the true. nursing homes, it, it may be. They are the other ones talking homes. about. Oh, I'm gonna be the the auntie. I'm gonna be the single auntie or whatever. <laughs> y'all are preparing yourselves. Y'all are preparing yourselves. Network. That's because you have a vagina. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so women are less likely to be lonely because they have a better network. However, I will say that there is—I know this seems like I'm keeping the gender work going, but I'm not. I'm just—but there is a there is value in companionship, right? And that's that's where the women are losing out on—is that companionship if it's of the opposite sex, right? And if that's what's wanted and if that's what's valued, they're losing out on that particular piece. And so, um, I, as y'all said on a previous, you know, there's degrees that they, well, there's degrees of loneliness too, you know, and with women being social creatures, they're actually less likely to be lonely in old age because they're social creatures. However, if they continue this course of action of not willing to accept, adapt or whatnot, same with the men, if they're not willing to accept and adapt, then 
all parties will be lonely. And that's what we're trying to stop. We're trying to stop all parties from being lonely here, right? Because at the end of the day, we want to see Black love succeed, right? So how do we So how do we get to that point? Well, like everyone said, let's look, start exactly. looking at other things, right? Wait, say what? <laughs> <laughs> he asked the question, how do we help? And I'm saying, encourage polygamy. <laughs> So I am going to completely ignore that because that's another conversation on another day at another time, and and just say no, it's that not, it's, it's not it's, it's completely it's not, it's not conversation. a conversation for this breadwinner conversation. That's a squirrel moment. That is a cat yarn moment, and so I'm going to just pretend like I didn't hear it and the go job. back to the, the breadwinner. No, 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 oh, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Qualities, like just said, let's look at the qualities and the values that you want in a person and how that translates into your relationship. Because at the end of the day, you want to build your family. You want to build your your legacy up. You want to build that. And how y'all get to that is up to you. But it's based on that foundational qualities and character um, characteristics that you need that are necessary. So he brings more. She brings more. Is that that fly you revisiting? Is that what that is? Yeah, I think but, <laughs> He wants he's about to be part two of the Terminator. But hold on, but hold on. I gotta say this. I gotta, I gotta say this. <laughs> I don't want to do it live on camera so that my son will see it. It might destroy his vision of me. But the <laughs> <laughs> you know, why you like fly, that is a killer. <laughs> I had a killer, but don't push me. But this is the point that I wanted to make. Um, but no, okay. So when we were talking about women, the breadwinner conversation, right? We were what Tyler Perry was saying, and if you remember, he was saying, like, hey, if you're gonna have this long list. You know, good luck with that, right? So the point I wanted to make is that it may so happen that a woman can find that guy who has creme de la creme, top notch, right? He's financially there. Because the argument was is that there's not enough of those guys to go around, right? That from a statistical standpoint, I think Jay, you made this early on in the, in the point, that it's like you have to decide on like, do you want to find something, yada, yada, yada. So what I'm saying is, is that for women who are like stuck on trying to get the guy who has the bag, then I'm wondering why not making an open relationship or like a polyamorous one would that be something they should consider in order to increase their chances of being able to bag one of those guys because the likelihood is the kind of guy who would fit some of those boxes he might already be in a relationship right and even if he is not already in a relationship think about ways that you can stand out right because there's all these other women who are delusionally asking for like monogamy or whatever and not even bringing anything to the table but imagine if you're able to stand out and say hey you know what i get what it is you're a king <laughs> you know she deserve to live like a king urge to mute queen, your mic is strong <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole nother conversation that should be part four part four how is your whole other conversation the, the conversation so was around, is he supporting struggle love? No. But what he didn't say in that video is that he's also probably low-key supporting polyamory. You know what I'm saying? Because there's not enough of us to go around for y'all. And wow. truthfully, y'all should just be happy to get whatever you can get. Wow. You know what I'm saying? The like, it's like a, is looking hold on, strong hold on, here. Hold on. <laughs> Wow. Listen, listen. Wow. Elitism at its finest. Nick is on his elitism today. He's trying to bring people together. That's all he's trying to do. Listen, listen, listen. You know, I'm going to land with this, right? As a last analogy. So, you know, timeshares became really popular. I think it was like back in the 80s or whatever, because a lot of middle class families 
couldn't really support like being able to just go on vacations like that. So they came out with this shared ownership model, which allowed like everyday people to tap in on this idea of being able to take great vacations with their families in all of these different exotic locations. And so what I'm saying is, is that, you know, some people want to still get certain things, but the only way the math makes sense is when you share ownership, like a co-op, right? Or, you know, certain type of community structures and same thing with timeshares. So what I'm saying is, is that it's completely viable out here for women to recognize that if you want that condo in the sky, you want that top tier dude, that top value, you might have to share them. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? You get a certain number of days per week. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, you feel me, SNL? Because it's like, <laughs> hey, he got to make he got to make a certain amount of money. If that's your top priority, then you got to be willing to let go, like, you know what I'm saying? Monogamy or other things. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be willing to do the nastiest shit that you've ever done in your entire life. What? You got to be willing. Like, people what? act like, and, and Jay, and this is where I'm going to push back on you a little bit, bro. Because right. there are they certain jobs that <laughs> there are certain jobs that people value, right? In terms of if you're a CEO, we're gonna pay you this amount of money. People just don't value certain jobs. I think it says a lot more about society and not the individual that chooses to do the job. But that individual has to understand that society values his job that way and have to then make decisions, right? You, you, you get what I'm saying? Because there's certain jobs that are great value, but like People don't value it in that way. So, and we've already decided on what we think the value of this thing is, right? And right. there are certain okay. things like pornography or whatever where you're paid based off of the perception of your value. You dig what I'm saying? Men get paid less in pornography than women do, right? Women are more valued. They're the more of the commodity when it comes to that, right? So I'm just saying like, there is value in how we collectively value a thing because of society. We're telling you that's how we value it. You dig what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. You say after kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I know that men can be cars and condos and co-ops and <laughs> cooperatives. <laughs> Ladies, I'm just saying, learn, learn to share. Uh, yeah, so I would go ahead and be like, so what are y'all final thoughts on this? But I'm you just like, where him. the hell did we go with Nick? <laughs> like, that, that was his final I don't even thought. know where to go it's, from here. It's on you, SNM. You can sum it up, girl. It's on you. It's on you. Uh, like I, okay, so look, to sum this up, Nick conversation, please disregard. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Views expressed by Nick Knight. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> <laughs> Okay, go ahead with the disclaimer. I love it. Um, but it's have the conversation on an, at another time and another day. So we can really really flesh this out, right? Because maybe that is an option and maybe that is a path forward. Um, I don't know who's to say. And um, although Nick did just say that could be an option and a path forward, but hey, something's yeah. definitely yeah, worth exploring, you know. And so at the end of the day, do what you need to do to get the life you want, right? And accept the things that you, and that means, sorry, I'm just stuttering, because to be honest, I'm still confused how we went on this poly conversation. <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> it was an opportunity cost. That's what it was. It was an opportunity cost. 
was yeah, right there. I don't understand. I was like, wait a minute. I don't oh, even know. Okay, okay. Okay, hold on. Tell me. Tell me. Can I ask you a question? Have you bought a house before? Everybody oh, no, we're before. not going to go down this route because. In all Have a house or a car? Whichever one. Yes, yes, ever. on both. Okay. Yes. So, so did you have like certain considerations like, okay, mileage, the cost, um, certain things that you want to keep in parameters for you to choose like your perfect car or your perfect home? Is that fair to say? I would agree that I did have parameters to include for my house. We'll go with the house, like what's the school area, school crime, district. all that good stuff. Yes. Okay. Right. And so as you have these different sliders, right, of these things that you prioritize, would you say cost was also a big one, right? In terms of affordability, was that fair yes. to say, right? Yes. So what all I'm all okay, I'm simply gotcha. right. So all I'm simply saying is, is that some people make the choice to live in an area where it's not at the highest of their price points, but it meets a lot of the other choices, right? And that makes sense. But so for monogamy those people, was that option. I got it. You're saying they don't some, need monogamy. <laughs> No, but for some people who like the most important thing is living in a particular zip code, they will settle for far less because that's just the nature of life. You can't get everything that you want. So depending on how much you prioritize a thing, if a woman prioritizes how much money he makes and understands that mathematically for every one of him, there's going to be two hundreds of hers, then she has to be open to sharing that man if that's higher her priority. If she's willing to back off of that a little bit, the chances of her getting her own man goes higher. I don't understand what's so hard to understand. Okay, so look, we'll have another conversation. It's called lifestyle choices, right? Lifestyle mm -hmm. versus love. What you gonna choose? Whoa, you whoa, whoa, lifestyle whoa, or love? whoa, whoa, What's this versus stuff? Why does it gotta be one or the other? You can love your lifestyle. What is kind of foolishness? Uh, I just wanted to. Ooh, ooh this woman. <laughs> lifestyle versus love, right? So no. you could be loving one of lifestyle. many. Loving one your of lifestyle. many. I no, yeah. I support it. You know, so, I support all lifestyles. You want to be one of many? Cool, rock with that. That's well, what we talk. Uh, anything that promotes, right? You know, black love. If many. this is something that you're willing to accept, then cool. That do you. I'm not knocking you. Don't say it you. like that. First off, first off, aspire to. If we're gonna go back to traditional values, right? And we're gonna go back to the motherland. Okay, the traditional values in the motherland was polygamy. Okay. Not in it, all cases. It, and not it, in all tribes. If it wasn't polygamy, okay. it was probably polyandry, <laughs> right? Polyandry. So it was, it was polyandry and, and, and I agree. And I they agree. were happy. They were happy. So this monogamous construct is a relatively new one. It is not necessarily so a traditional value. Agree. So I'm, I'm agreeing with that step now. With, it was a great conversation for conversation another day. Because we don't went down that whole road. Right, right, so tune in next time, folks, because we're gonna get it in. Get to the heart of it, of heart yes. of why women who want to date hypergamously should be open to dating polyamorously. Yes. That's oh, right. On the next right. episode of Black Lives Chatter, the right. podcast. You want a man with a lot of money and monogamy? You're being selfish. There you go. <laughs> monogamy fat. versus poly. Big okay, facts. that's what we're gonna go with. Monogamy Black women who want poly. monogamous relationships with highly successful women, men are selfish as fuck. Oh my god, this is there. crazy. Get it together. We out. We out on this. <laughs> oh, do we put a song? Do we put a song? I was going to play a What's up? It's your boy, Drizzy Drake, and you are now rocking.
we out of here. We out of uh. here. Peace. Peace. So next time, y'all.